Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group on Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group on Air. I relate a lot of things in life to sports. Hello everyone, this is Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures Magazine. I am a diehard sports fan. Growing up in Chicago, I have been able to experience the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s, the Chicago Blackhawks of the 2010s, and yes, even the Chicago Cubs of 2016. They were all champions. I first heard of the city of Edmonton back when I was a kid in the 1980s. Then, the NHL's Edmonton Oilers were winning Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup, thanks to the one and only Wayne Gretzky, appropriately nicknamed the Great One. Well, now there is another Great One popping up in the city of Edmonton. The Tawatina Bridge spans the environmentally sensitive North Saskatchewan River. The new rail bridge is a three-span, asymmetrical, extra-dose bridge that will consist of two lines of light rail transit. The superstructure is a multi-web box girder that is being erected in balanced cantilever with form travelers and cast in place on false work. The first of seven cable stays was installed in late January of this year. And this fall, the bridge deck is expected to be completed, which will be followed by track installation. Delays played construction early on when a concrete block the size of a car was discovered under the river. The Tawatina Bridge is not just for rail either. The span also will come with a shared use path serving pedestrians and cyclists. I was able to talk with Jerry Funtner, who is the regional bridge engineer with Finley Engineering Group. Finley is a construction engineer for the Tawatina Bridge project, and Funtner has been part of the job since the beginning. So here is my interview with Jerry Funtner. Why why do they why do they did they choose the extra dose bridge type for this bridge? Do you know? Well, given the, the, the span length and um, for a light rail bridge, also you have um, obviously you know, deflection and vibration characteristics that don't lend itself to little thin structures. And so an extra dose bridge gives the, the advantage of having a box girder section that still performs much like a beam. Um, and you give additional rigidity and also the stake cables act to create like almost a uniform support of the structure across the length of the span, which the two combined create a very you know, stable structure for a light rail of this band length at 110 meters in our main band. So, um, what has been the most challenging part of the construction 
of this bridge? Has there been a particular section that's been particularly challenging or? For us though, the biggest challenge is when we have this extra dose structure, we have um, combining the cast in place um, methodology or you know, sequence of erection. We have the pylon shape is very unique in that we have two individual you know, legs that are um, in a configuration to where they, they curve outward. And so really controlling the geometry um, during casting of all of the state cable systems, the guide pipes, and all of those, um, and, and combining that with the displacements that we have all throughout construction and um, trekking the, the current geometry so that um, bridge will end up in its final configuration, you know, exactly per plan, and that all of the state cables will be aligned, you know, correctly within their orientation probably the biggest challenge in this project. It's got a quite long can labors for a, uh, you know, a box girder, so the extra dose configuration. And so that's a significant uh, challenge. How has it been as far as dealing with, with the weather? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have been, has been uh, building this throughout. I don't, I don't think you guys really take time off because the weather is bad. I mean, how has that been doing? Yeah, so American Bridge has done a really uh, fantastic job of dealing with the winter. They've cast all through this uh, winter and are still ongoing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, um, you know, been heating and are required to heat the current segment, you know, that's, you know, being cast as well as the segment behind it so that we can ensure that the concrete can uh, mature and harden properly. And then that, you know, obviously ensures its performance in the cold weather once it's um, you know, released out into the, uh, the atmospheric you know, conditions. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, yeah, they have been able to cast segments all through winter with uh, the heating and hoarding um, systems that they've in place. What have they been using for heating? Uh, propane heat, and then also they have a whole tenting system and... Um, to basically cover up the entire uh, form traveler and the um, you know the, the current segment as well as the segment behind. It's uh, there's a number of pictures that are available you know of all of this. It's pretty it's pretty extensive. Hmm. Okay. Have they? Yeah. Uh, do you know are they used to doing this this type of work like, like like they're doing as far as dealing with the heat and everything, or is this something that's relatively new? Yeah. So. Obviously, being you know working up in that high up in Canada, their uh, you know, construction does go on in the wintertime where necessary. Um, it's a it's a cost impact more of anything, but they are able to deal with the heat, um, and their experience really shows on this project to be able to carry through with it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's more of a decision of you know do you shut down or do you um, absorb the cost of heating. That's required to do it at this, you know, this, this winter cycle. Yeah. And so it really has demanded the, the continued casting. So the piers are cast in place, correct? That's correct. Okay, and then I'm taking. I'm assuming the 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 spans are um they're uh, 
not cast in place. They're they they are cast in place. Okay, everything's cast in place. Everything's cast in place. Yes. Yeah, so this project is utilizing a form traveler. Okay. Which has the um, you know the truss mounted onto the deck, and it supports the formwork for the next segment to be poured on each end of the cantilever, and so it's cast right there in place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So where are they at right now um, in terms of, of bridge construction? So we have the, the Pier 1, that's the pylon, is up and complete. Um, we have cast all the way out to the segment 8, upstation and downstation. And we are about to install our second pair of stay cables. Okay. That's with Pier 1? That's correct. Okay. Um, do you have, I mean, do you have all these dimensions as far as how high the piers are and, and the length of the spans and all that? Sure. Would you mind sharing those? Yeah, so the, if the three-span bridge, span one is 100 meters, span two is 110 meters, and then span three is a short cast-in-place span, it's 50 meters. Okay. And then the pylon is a total height of 57.4 meters, and it extends 30 meters above the level of the deck. Okay. And in terms of percentage complete, what would you say it's at right now? Probably 40%. Okay. Are Are you guys on schedule? I'm assuming you are. Uh, as far as the overall schedule of transit and getting the you know the um, the overall that plus the track work, uh, I'm not sure where that sits within you know the overall um, you know like the opening of the LRT. Right, right now, I know American Bridge is is on schedule to finish the bridge by the end of the year, and that's our portion of the work. Okay. Um, as far as like, I, I so are you guys using drill shafts or what are you guys using for? Uh, Anchorage with the piers, and, and do you know how deep you guys are going down? Yeah, so the um, the foundations are actually, the, for the pylon, they're on mini piles. So they're used in 305-millimeter mini piles. Okay. And let me pull that up here. That's a graph of the overall depth of those were. And they use a drilled shaft on the abutment. Okay. But the interior piers are all founded on... I'm looking at my directories. You can go ahead with the next question. Okay. Um, how many how many mini piles per, uh, per pier, then? Let's see. Let me get that. It's in the same drawing. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then the, the uh, dimension of the mini piles. And then same for, like, uh, the, the abutments. Uh, how many drilled shafts per... And the size of the drill shafts. Okay. How how far deep did you guys go down? Yeah, the foundations are like ancient history now. No, no, no. no. Uh, well over a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's the very beginning, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Construction goes. Well, they did encounter something underneath of the, the pylon tower. They yeah, it. and I'm not 
Do you know what that was? So what was that? It had to get with the American Bridge. I think it was some kind of a rock formation. We really didn't get involved with where, you know, the superstructure guys. So, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so the, the pylon tower has 65, 305 millimeter mini piles. Okay. So that's the, the big guy there. And they were to go down. Now the both the abutments have um, two one point eight meter drilled shafts. Mm-hmm. So how how would you describe as far as how construction has been going? Um, you know, with this bridge since you guys started. Well, I mean, obviously they had uh, the foundation you know issue with it, the installation of the mini piles was big. A big deal on the, the pylon tower. Mm-hmm. Initially, that held up uh, months, actually, of construction. And so, after that was resolved, um, the pylon the, the pylon went up really well um, and on into most of the casting. So, um, American Bridge has done a good job. They've done a, a very good job over the winter time. I've been impressed with how much they've been able to in the cold weather, mm-hmm. uh, and they seem to have got into a pretty good routine of being able to execute the work and um, in this environment. Yeah. So I think from after that the resolution of the, the foundation issue, um, things have gone you know, fairly well. So where do you where are you guys expecting to be? You know, in the next three months in terms of construction, then. Right, in the next three months, we're going to be more than halfway out on the cantilevers. Okay. And um, so that's the target is set by the, um, the fall. We'll have all of the, the cantilevers fully, um, you know, cast out, and then we'll just make our closures and then um, be able to turn over the bridge to the track work guys to begin installation of all the final plinths and the, the track work items mm-hmm. um, to be able to, uh, to you know, get the trains running, obviously, in the, next, in the near future. Anything uh, special with uh, the type of concrete that you're using? No, it's just been, um, the designer obviously has mandated a certain strength and um, that are required, you know, for this particular type of construction, you know, an extra dose, um, you know, segmental bridge. Um, many of the things are driven by, you know, the durability, obviously, for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what's necessary for the, the protection of the, uh, the structure for the coming you know, years. And Transed has some, um, you, know, you know, they obviously are very aggressive on making sure quality control is followed and things like that. So um, it's been impressive to um, you know, be a part of it. They're a uh, um, you know, very good organization, from what I can tell. I've worked in you know, many of them. Did you want to comment on the quality? Could you mention their quality assurance, quality and control? How, I mean, what have they been doing? It really follows into the quality assurance system of, you know, uh, making sure that 
on site, we follow our quality control procedures by you know, the, the reviewers and the, the engineer of record. Uh, it's been a great relationship of you know, working together. They review our you know stuff and submittals, uh, and then beyond that, um, you know, Transed makes sure that uh, there's a lot of coordination items that had to occur on this project because of all the track work systems and then follow-on maintenance, and that the, the needs are not only the immediate construction need, but also that the future needs of the project are going to be you know, addressed with all within the submittals and. and um, so not thinking just for today, but for all go down the road, these all the requirements. The concrete's 50 MPA. What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, the concrete's 50 MPA. Okay. So what's this bridge going to mean, and what's this transit system going to mean for, for the city of Edmonton, do you think, in your words? Well, if I understand, this is going to provide, you know, a link within the city to, um, to, uh, to bring you know, the community together and obviously it offers the ability to have transportation uh, and get people not traveling in you know cold weather and snow environments to where they can more safely you know travel uh, throughout Edmonton without having to get out in vehicles and, and that kind of thing. Is there anything else uh, you wanted to add? Is there anything I've left out as far as a question goes? I think um, one thing I would add is that this, this bridge is kind of a, it's a signature bridge. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've been to Edmonton in that area where it's going to be located, but it really uh, it's going to blend well with the environment there. Um, it's, a, it's a very very nice area portion of the city where the, we goes over the Talatina River and it's really going to be a highlight structure for the community and it also is going to include a pedestrian walkway underneath it so you're going to have the, the light rail vehicles will be traversing over the top of the deck and beneath it there's going to be a shared use, use path um, that will be supported by underneath the bridge that will allow people to you know walk and again they'll be safely uh, moving underneath because of the the, you know, snowfall and all that will be you know taken up by the bridge, and so they'll be able to walk across the river mm -hmm. um, on using this bridge, which is a nice feature. Any any uh, as far as dealing with the river, has there been any challenges there? Uh, yeah, you can't go in it. Well, okay. Oh, so that's an environmental. They they don't yeah, want any, any equipment. Environmental, yeah, yeah. It's it's really um, when I say you can't go in it. Obviously, with construction activities, and then also. You know, um, you know when I've been there, it's a, it's definitely uh, something that you know Transit has enforced. Is, you know the requirements to to safely and also environmentally friendly um, construction activities with regards to the river. I'd like to thank Jerry Funtner from Finley Engineering Group for giving up his time and providing his insight on the Tawatina Bridge in Edmonton. Look for a story on this great bridge in a future issue of Railway Track and Structures magazine.
I'm Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of RTNS Magazine. Thanks for joining. And be safe, stay healthy, and I will see you down the line.